0: Hello and welcome to PathPod. I'm Dr. Mike Arnold of Children's Hospital Colorado, and this is the next episode of the PathPod Quiz Show. Our guests today are Dr. Tung Nguyen, a medical graduate from Vietnam, Dr. Karthik Vishwanathian, a cytopathology fellow at Massachusetts General Hospital, and Dr. Nicole Riddle of Ruffalo, Hooper & Associates, and an associate professor and associate residency program director at the University of South Florida. Our hosts are Dr. Sarah Jang of Duke Health and Dr. Christina Arnold of the University of Colorado. Now here's your hosts, Dr. Arnold and Dr. Jang.
1: Hello and welcome everyone to the PathPod Quiz Show. We are so excited to have our guests here. We have medical graduate, Dr. Tung Nguyen from Vietnam. Our fellow guest is Dr. Kartik Vishwanathan, Cytopathology Fellow at Mass General Hospital. And our practicing pathologist guest is Dr. Nicole Riddle, pathologist at Ruffalo-Hooper and Associates and Associate Professor and Associate Residency Program Director at USF. And of course, I'm joined by my fabulous co-hosts, Dr. Christina Arnold and Dr. Michael Arnold. Welcome everybody.
0: Welcome
2: everyone. Hello. Thank you, Hello. you, guys, Hello. Hi. Thank nice you for having me. Hey.
1: How's everyone doing this week? It's cold. actually
3: cold in Florida. So, you know, like, <laughs> what like is it, like 70 degrees? I was going to say, not Florida cold, like literally cold. It's 39 this morning. What? Wow. Literally
1: cold. Oh, that's
4: yeah. not normal. What
1: is, what is like literally cold even mean? I mean, is that, well, you know, like
3: everyone would agree it's cold, I think, you know, because in Florida, it's like, oh, let me put on a jacket at 68. And you know, everybody Mm. else laughs at us. But most people can agree that 30s is
1: cold. 30s are cold.
3: There was frost on our windshield this morning.
1: So it was literally cold. There's physical evidence of it. There's physical evidence, not just you wimpy Florida people.
3: The gentleman from Boston is just like, yeah, I'm from Rhode Island originally. (laughs) I do know what cold is.
4: It's actually pretty crappy today. It's uh, Literally. it's (laughs) literally, it's 37 here right now. And you just need sweaters and a glove and a hat in order to survive.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a scarf. It's 48 apparently in Durham, but it's scarf weather for me. I used to live in Chicago and New York, but I've been in the South for a hot minute and my blood has gotten so thin. I just want it to be 70 degrees and sunny all the time. I love the fake
3: winters that Florida gets. It gives me an excuse to wear a scarf. Today I'm wearing one that has a bunch of atoms on
1: it. Ooh, I was wondering if that was the molecular structure for dopamine or serotonin or caffeine or something.
3: Maybe I don't know exactly what it's. No, it looks like it looks like atoms. So that would make it.
1: Oh, Uh, helium, hydrogen. From a a previous episode of PathPod, y'all know I'm terrible at the periodic table. This is (laughs) this is (laughs) not playing to my strengths right now. I hope that's not the stump the chump you brought for later. That's going to be really (laughs) bad. (laughs) Oh, one of my worst performances on any standardized type test to date. To date. All right, so let's just move right on to our first contestant. So our PATH applicant guest is Tung Nguyen. You can follow him on Twitter at T-U-N-G-P-A-T-H.
5: So let's talk to our guest and ask, I always like to start with, how did you pick pathology?
2: So when I was in medical school, pathology was something over in my mind, but I wasn't ready to give up a patient relationship. So I tried out surgery and family medicine. So I worked like a a resident in um, neurosurgery for like half of a year. And then I realized that it was not for me. This is not going to be the lifestyle that I want. However, I did enjoy it. So I got an invite to practice in a medical clinic, in a family medicine clinic. And I worked there for like four months. But then I realized that I don't really enjoy following like chronic condition. Although the part that you have a great relationship with a patient, that cannot be replaced. So after that, I looked into pathology because it were my backup plan. And so I volunteered at this um, lab that has very high cases coming in every day. So I volunteered there for two weeks and I'm like, oh boy, This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm happy doing for the rest of my life. You can move forward after you're done with one case. So you can move forward with it. And it's just something that I enjoy. So I decided to pursue a pathology residency, hopefully in the U.S. So that kind of something that I'm working on right now.
5: Fantastic. That's a great in-road story. Do you have a particular specialty that you like since you've spent time in neurosurgery are you d- particularly drawn to those specimens or more of a general approach?
2: Right now, a surgical in- oncology in pathology is my top here. I want to get into because oh, there's gosh. so many exciting things going on there.
5: Fantastic. That's wonderful. So are you calling us from Vietnam? Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. Wow. This is an international path pod show. Yeah. I Ooh, what
0: wow. time
1: is it there?
0: What, yeah, I was going to say, what time is it's it? It's got
1: to be very late or early.
0: It's
2: uh, it 10 hours ahead of uh, Eastern time, so it's 1.46 in the morning.
1: Oh, oh, my, oh, my. oh, oh my, my God! That is dedication.
2: You but are
4: all
1: such a trooper. Oh, my God! That you is dedication. My mind yeah. is, yeah, yes. is, like,
5: blown. Wow. Uh,
2: you know, I got BP. a lot of fun uh, listening to the Pad Pod during the COVID pandemic. It was something that I really enjoyed, going to the gym or going for work. And it's so fun just to listen to to the podcast. So I'm so excited to be here today.
5: And now really you can impressed. listen to yourself on the show when it comes Excellent. out. Well, I wanted to ask you, so what time do you normally go to bed?
2: I go to bed at midnight.
5: Okay. Uh, but today okay. I
2: dose my caffeine a little bit uh, late. So like okay. three hours <laughs> before this thing. So okay. I think I have enough energy. <laughs> Are you
5: going to go to bed right after or what's your plan?
2: if the dosing works. <laughs> like
5: to watch <laughs> yeah. Great by the way. Absolutely. I would never guess it's
1: when a dedicated and a scientist. That's amazing. Thank you so much for making that time for us. I was curious when are you moving to Arizona?
2: I already booked the flight. It's December 9th and we'll be located in Phoenix for for some time.
3: Awesome. Just a few awesome. days basically. Well, awesome. What about um what's
5: covid like in Vietnam right now?
2: So we haven't had any Cases for like over two months. And really? then there's wow. a couple of new cases in the South just came out like yesterday. So it's been doing well. And hopefully these cases will go away as well. <laughs> well
5: that's great. So, did your friends and family worry, like, oh, you're going to the United States? What's the news like of the United States from where you are in terms of what <laughs> COVID's like over here?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So, when anyone asked me about moving and they like, it's COVID over there. Why do you want to move (laughs) over there this time? And uh, this is a funny thing. So my wife is an elementary music teacher. And when she told her kids, her students that she's moving back to the US, they're like, don't go, don't go. It's Corona, it's Corona. Oh (laughs) my
5: gosh. Yeah, so it's been
2: difficult to leave. but It's uh, an interesting time.
5: It's an interesting time. Mm. It is. Okay, if you could not be in medicine what would your alternative career be and why
2: hmm. that's a good question i think most likely i would have gone to um, computer engineering because that actually was my plan a when i graduated high school uh, so i were applying for this private school computer engineering and i didn't get a hundred percent scholarship so i took her a year off and we're trying to apply for it again next year but then a friend of mine who has a brother who is in medical school and just randomly in that uh, one year off, I came to his place and he gave me a book. I think it was the physiology book and I really loved it. I remember I read the physiology of the hearts and how it function. So, wow, I think, wow, this is cool. Maybe this is something interesting. And doctors here are very highly respected. So, so I thought to myself, this might be something interesting. Meaningful at least. So yeah, I sat for the exam and luckily I got accepted. So the, (laughs) the plan A of going to IT school, the computer engineering program has just go away.
5: Well, you know, I would say that your skill set, your interests, no matter how early they are in IT will be a huge advantage for you in pathology. That's a big piece of where pathology is moving. The people who are in IT and pathology, the field is wide open. So I say, don't let it go. It may be your superpower as a pathologist. (laughs) It's very exciting. All right. What's your favorite piece of advice that you can share with us today?
2: I would say always look on the bright side of the problem, especially in this time. There's a lot of things we can't control, but we might want to focus on the thing that we can control. And let's hope for the best in anything that we do. Because if you don't have enough faith in what we do, the job just gonna be a little more difficult
5: yeah. yeah there's always something positive like pathpod pathpod came out of COVID, <laughs> it's a pathpod delight if <laughs> we had all our usual forms of communications and meetings there might not have been as much of a need and i think after covid pathpod will still be around because it's created such a nice community and that was uh, sarah
1: jang's idea so Absolutely. It was a group effort. It was a group effort. My contribution was only because I wanted to torture people with technology related <laughs> puns. Oh my God. Uh, speaking, speaking, of, speaking of, More on hopefully. that later.
5: Go <laughs> back to that. In today's medical student quiz show segment, I will read you five board style questions, provide the correct answer and you win a point. Win enough points, and you win a prize PathBot Clear Ruler. Ready to play? Absolutely. All right. The theme is the immune system. Question one. Where do B cells originate? I'll give you some choices if you'd like. A, bone marrow, B, germinal centers of lymph nodes, C, lymphoid follicles in the spleen, D, thymus, or E, bursa of fabricus.
2: I'll go with A, bone marrow.
5: You got it, sir. B cells originate from stem cells Yay. in the bone marrow. Wait, wait. what's
3: the bursa of
5: That is our bonus question. Would anyone like oh, to answer okay. that? It's a specialized organ that is key to proper B cell development in birds, like
2: chickens. Ooh. Ooh.
5: I gotta say, I gotta say, Dr. Sarah Chang, she's super clever. <laughs> I've never heard <laughs> that before. Wait, I've heard uh, that before. Isn't so that yeah, called B
1: cells. I did not know that. So I I I knew I knew about the bursa of Fabricus or Fabricius. I don't know how you say it. I've only ever read that word because, you know, bones in birds, because they fly, they are generally more hollow. And so they're less weighty. Mm. And so in order for birds Mm. to have a place where their hematopoietic cells can develop, they have the specialized organ. And now that I have chickens, this knowledge Mm. is still not at all pertinent to my everyday life. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds
3: delicious. Yes, I of the B
1: and B cells
3: comes from the bursa for whatever in birds and it was first described by something Latin sounding in the 1600s. Since. Okay.
5: Very good. Interesting. Interesting.
3: Learn something yes. new every day. Yes. Come
5: to PathPod. You will have your mind blown by the knowledge here. It's blown. All right. Question number two. What cells do macrophages derive from? A, dendritic cells. B, mott cells. C, NK cells. D, Langerhans cells. E, peripheral blood monocytes.
2: I'll go with B, monocyte.
5: Very good. Yes, it's peripheral blood monocytes. Macrophages are derived from peripheral blood monocytes. All right, question number three What is the characteristic ultrastructural feature found in Langerhans cell? A, Burbank granule, B, giant ribosomes, C, lamellar cristae, D, perinuclear hof. E, zebra body.
2: Hmm. I'm going to go with C.
5: (gasps) That is a hard question. Kartik, do you want to help out? That's something they teach us in
3: med school.
4: Is that the bareback granule? That's the right. That's
5: right. So, yes, I didn't know that until I was a r- probably mid-level resident. So, very All good. Right. So, don't feel bad. We always try to stretch ourselves, put some hard ones in there. So, yes, Burbank granules. But now mm. we'll get it on the board. Now you're going to get it on the board. <laughs> you're going to be there. You're going to be like, PathBot gave me this question. Yes. So, fantastic. Definitely. Yes, like... All right. Kartik, since you are an expert in Burbank granules, can you tell oh, us Lord. the shape of Burbank you granules? Should...
4: From what I remember, it's usually a tennis racket shaped.
5: On fire over here. We are on fire this group. Yes, that's correct. Tennis racket shaped structure. It's actually
0: interesting. Tell us. The the tennis racket shape is what they always show a picture of. Mm. When you actually get a case, the handle of the tennis racket has what is described as a pentalaminar architecture, dark light, dark, light, dark. And that's actually much more often what you see. The tennis racket shapes are actually really rare.
3: Interesting. Do they even have EM on the boards anymore? I have like five EM questions. Do they still have this?
0: I don't think they show pictures anymore.
4: It was so pretty. I really
3: love EM. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to update some of my teaching slide decks because I still definitely have a photomicrograph of mitochondria and the Uh... knee-jerk response to that is Uh Onkocyte. So... Yeah, they're oh, so pretty, aren't they? Yeah. I feel like there you can see it. They them. are. I love mitochondria. They're the powerhouse of the cell and you get them from your mother. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay. We're doing pretty good. Okay. And the next two are also a little advanced. So, Kartik, if you want to jump in, feel free. Question number four. What is the final product of the complement cascade called? A, major histocompatibility complex. B, the membrane attack complex. C, Toll-like receptors, D, tumor necrosis factor alpha, E, tumor necrosis factor beta.
2: I'm going to go with D, tumor necrosis factor alpha.
5: I think that is a great guess, a great option. The answer Mm. is the membrane attack complex. So the complement system can be activated by either classic or alternative pathways to form the final product, which is the membrane attack complex. I'm Mm. not sure I ever knew that, so don't feel bad, okay? All (laughs) right. Okay, good. (laughs) A uh, five is, oh, this is a fun one. This one I definitely remember on my boards mm-hmm. in medical school. An ANA with reactivity to double-stranded DNA is characteristic of which autoimmune disease? A, polyarteritis nodosa. B, polyaminositis. C, progressive systemic sclerosis. D, Sjogren's. E, systemic lupus erythematosus
2: SLE. I'm going to go with the uh, lupus.
5: Yes, very good. Oh, that's a good one. A good one in medical school. It will come back in residency. ANA, reactivity to double-stranding DNA. You want to think about lupus. Very good. In medical school,
3: it's always lupus. If you don't know what it is. Yes.
1: good. Lupus has to be uh, the answer to a question about the immune system because it's always lupus. Whether you're watching House, whether it's the board's. (laughs) <laughs> it's like the, it's right. like the one immunofluorescence diagnosis that I can get when I'm doing renal pathology is lupus. Just because I always say lupus and eventually I get it right. So I remember mm. full house. Full, full house. Exactly. Full, full house. house of lupus. Mm. Oh, and, and
2: lupus can present in a very arbitrary collection of symptoms or so it's like a lot of material for mm-hmm. a screenwriter to write. If
3: well, I haven't done until recently because I do all our in-house rashes that I learned because you always learn the full house and I just. Assume they had to either have the full house, or for whatever reason, they could be negative. You could actually have just IGG or just IGM. Um, really, I'm um, mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, good to know, because it's lupus and it's sneaky.
1: Lupus can do what so darn well pleases. Oh,
4: um, yes.
3: yeah, good to know.
4: Yeah. I was just gonna say, threw us for a lupus. Ah, <laughs> that was ah, good was. Excellent. <laughs>
5: oh,
1: yes, that yes. was quite it's excellent, bad. sir. Quite yes. excellent. Fabulous. Fabulous. I'm gonna use that.
5: Yeah. So congratulations. You have won. Thank you. Guys, Yay. Clear Path Pod Ruler. Yay. Tell us now, Great. what are you going to do next?
2: I'm so excited. I'm going to just bring it to work every day. Maybe if I have a cubicle or something, I'm going to just leave it out there people oh would envy <laughs>
1: no, no, you can't leave it out you can't leave it out because yeah. you know someone might take it and yes. that would be no good There's so make like you a have device. like an old-plated chain to chain it to your desk yeah you know? i, mm. I
5: that's a good advice a little thing you know like the 1980s so people always wore like a clock with a big chain <laughs> Do a oh, big chain. Yeah. Like
4: Flavor Flay. Yes, yes,
5: like Flavor
1: What time is it? It's like <laughs> measuring time. Measuring
2: time. <laughs> I might just stick it in the back of the windshield of the car so it's people can look at it but they can't uh, take it.
0: Oh wow, it. <laughs> you're <good. laughs> Oh,
1: man, you'll be the envy of the people stuck in traffic (laughs) behind you. (laughs) If you do that, send a picture to us, would you? I think that would be so cool. Well, you know, we also have the PathPod magnets that Dr. Mirza made for everyone. That could be something you could stick on your car like a bumper sticker. But again, with the caveat, yeah, I've got one one right here. I can show you Hmm. guys, uh, though not the listeners at home. But yes, you will also be getting a limited edition Uh PathPod. Isn't it Uh, so beautiful? Yes, Dr. Merz made these. And yeah, you know, I have never thought about sticking this on my car before. But maybe I'll go home and just plaster my car with people will definitely be jealous. Congratulations, Tong. And we're really excited to have you joining our field. Good luck on the move and enjoy your fabulous clear path pod ruler. So moving on next, we have our game for our intrepid cytopathology fellow who has already started making puns. So our guest is Dr. Kartik Vishwanathan, who's a cytopathology fellow at Massachusetts General Hospital. You can follow him on Twitter at doc underscore kartik. That's D-O-C underscore K-A-R-T-I-K. Welcome, Kartik. Tell us about yourself.
4: It's a very long story, but to keep it short, basically I grew up in India for a while. And then I was in Michigan for a while, then I went to California. So basically I've been all over the place. Then I was in New York for med school and residency. And now I'm here in Boston, in lovely Boston for a
1: fellowship. Wonderful. What's your favorite part of being a pathologist?
4: I think the amazing thing about pathology is you get to see something new and learn something new almost every single day. Like today, my mind was blown when I found out about the bee coming from birds. It's just amazing. You just learn something new every day. It's exciting. You get to work with amazing people like yourselves. All of you are amazing and it's exciting. So I love it. It stimulates my brain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of what draws some of us to the field is that solving puzzles right like I used to love solving puzzles when I was a kid and I feel like when I come to work I get to still solve puzzles put the pieces together you know using clinical history what I see under the scope and I get to have the answer most days some days I don't but you get to use other tools to figure it out so it Mm -hmm. just keeps you really engaged and challenged and uh, you know we have something in common so you're a cytopathology fellow I'm a cytopathology attending yeah raise the roof Yeah, the listeners can't see, but the two of us just (laughs) raised the roof and everybody else just looked at us silently. Ignore the haters. (laughs) Um, What drew you to cytopathology?
4: Well, I think cytopathology is one of the last few general fields, if I think about it, because we see cases from everywhere in the body I think it's interesting, it's very challenging because you don't have the same things that people in search path have. So you don't have architecture, you don't have a lot of material. <laughs> so you're just looking at a few cells and you know trying to come up with a diagnosis. And one of the funniest things one of my co-residents told me, she, she is not a fan of cytology. But she told me that like it, it's, I know, I was upset by that. Also, I know, you can but... see
1: Dr. Christina Arnold's face right now. She's clearly not a fan of cytopathology, either. Christina just has this look of dis- deep disgust.
4: <laughs> so my cousin told me that it's almost like voodoo because you're just looking at some cells and somehow you call it as malignant or benign. And if nothing else, you just throw it in an atypical. And I'm just like, no, but cytopathology is so amazing. No, you know,
3: it's like- totally voodoo. And I don't trust a cytopathologist who doesn't admit it.
1: It is not voodoo at all. It is a very scientific process. And I guess you don't trust me now, Dr. Riddle, and you shouldn't, you know that. But yeah, I've heard people say it's like reading tea leaves, right? It's like scattered. Yes. But generally, it's very different than reading tea leaves. Cytopathology, it's the best for all the listeners out there. Yes, yes.
4: Come to the dark side.
1: Come to the dark side. <laughs> Come to the dark side. We have biopsies. We get to do biopsies. I mean, it's the coolest. It's. The and
4: coolest. our pap smears have so many colors. I mean, there's blue, so many colors, red, oranges. Yes.
1: I mean, come on. Yes, all the colors <laughs> of the rainbow. I agree. I agree. It's
3: the best. I love it's that you were like, come to cytopathology. We get to stick patients with
1: things. <laughs> you, get, you get to get people answers. It's a very minimally invasive procedure. And that I think is amazing.
4: And, you know, cytopathology and I think transfusion medicine, those are the two big ones where you would actually see patients on a daily basis. I know that some of the search path fields are also now actively getting involved in that process, but it's, it's
2: amazing. Cytopathology is great.
1: I think it's very rewarding.
2: You get to look into the cells that like separate it and it has a certain level of uh, simplicity in it, at least from the visual yeah. look. Obviously, it's very complicated, but it does look simple on a microscope other
1: <laughs>
4: <Yeah.
2: laughs> than so seeing a whole structure.
1: Yeah. 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 It's visually very beautiful too. The metachromatic stroma of a PA.
3: And of course they're not necessarily common, but when I was faculty in Texas, not only did I do cytopath, but the FNA clinic that was in our path department was across the hall from my office. And so, you know, a patient shows up from the doctor's office and I was like, oh, I guess I get to stick you today. So you don't necessarily have to do cytopath in order to stick, but it is much more
1: common
0: that way. Mm. And It's a handy skill even in surge path. I do touch preps all the time to triage tissue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I do think that the cytology skills that you develop really complement surge path. You think about heme path. I
4: mean, cytology is part of that daily basis. They look at so many aspirates, so many touch preps. I mean, so if you're interested in heme path, cytology is going to be a big
1: part of your life.
3: And the same with Neuropath, because I do mm-hmm. test preps on all my intra-ops, and that's how I diagnose everything on cytology. See, it all comes uh, full circle.
1: It all comes full circle. Every- everything is cyto. Everything's all about <laughs> well, us.
3: It's
5: all about <laughs> us.
1: All right. Well, now that we've, you know, successfully alienated the rest of the people on the show party.
5: <laughs> Tell us what you would do if you couldn't be... A doctor?
4: Oh, wow. That's a tough question. So, I have always wanted to be a baker. I have a vision where post pathology life, I'd love to open up a little coffee shop and I would love to serve coffee, hot chocolate, and then bake a few goods every day, sort of a limited quantity. And the people would come, eat it all. And it'll be all sold out. I
5: Great. love that. What's your favorite oh, thing to bake?
4: So I actually love baking cakes, cookies, but French eclairs are probably my favorite mm-hmm. thing to wow. make. Wow. Yes. Oh. It's not that you're hard. Now, I mean,
5: now you're talking. <laughs> now we're in the mood. Get out of <laughs> you Tell me about these French eclairs. I don't
4: know if you all watched The Great British Baking Show or some of yep. the other cooking shows, but mm-hmm. I've watched all eight seasons. And it's nice to sort of try different things that they put on. And I think French eclairs... Is somewhere on their show. So I highly recommend it actually if y'all haven't seen it.
1: When you open up your bakery, I can come and be a guest Ooh. baker have and also be about- a guest Please eater. Love
5: it. Have you Please thought about the all name? All. What would you name yeah. your bakery? Ooh. So I
4: have thought about this, which is kind of sad. <gasps> yes! So I would call it Hocho. Uh-huh. So hot chocolate. Oh, I love it. This is recorded, so don't y'all be stealing it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, this is your staking oh, the claim to the <laughs> name. I'm staking your claim to the name.
5: What, I mean, yes, that. trademarked. is December 2nd, 2020, is when he first used it. So, <laughs> what was the last thing you baked?
1: So, the last thing
4: I baked, I made this amazing, and my co fellows can vouch for this. So, I made this pumpkin bread it was Thanksgiving. Ooh. So I made this pumpkin bread with a bunch of different spices and a sort of a <sighs> cinnamon sugar top. And Ooh. it was is amazing. If you all want to look it up from Smitten Kitchen, which oh, is a famous yeah. food yeah. blog. So y'all can just look up pumpkin bread and it's there. So. oh my gosh,
5: it yeah. sounds amazing. Yes. I'm gonna have to do that. Sounds
4: great. Oh. Room, everybody. Um, I, I bet <laughs> it
5: smells really good too in the house once you get Sounds all the
4: sound good growing. you know it is it's just therapy for everybody i
1: think stress baking is very therapeutic actually one of my favorite baker probably my favorite baker is from boston where you are karthik joanne chang has a Ooh. bakery there named flour yeah and yeah. she's so fabulous but she's been doing these bake alongs on instagram live and she's so fabulous her recipes are fabulous her approach is fabulous she's like my baking here and i I am jealous that you live in a city where you could go and just pick up these pastries whenever and i have to make it myself and i have picked them up oh i'm turning green right now can you see that
4: yes it's very pronounced
5: (laughs) tell us your favorite piece of advice kartik what can you share with us
4: so for me i'm a big fan of tv shows and one of my favorite tv shows is rupaul's drag race and one of the famous drag queens always says purse first. And the idea is you should live your best life no matter what. You know, we only have one life to live. It's short. So you want to do whatever you're passionate about, whether it be playing a musical instrument, whether it be baking, whether it be doing pathology, huh. whatever it is. You just want to love what you do because honestly, you don't want to look back then you regrets.
1: Well... Speaking of things that you're really passionate about, or I'm really passionate about, it is time for our punny game. So get ready, <laughs> shake it out, shake it out. So it's coming up on the holidays, right? And I think this year is going to be really challenging because for many of us, we will not be having family traditions and gatherings to keep everyone safe. And our hearts and thanks go out to all those out there who've been making sacrifices, doing the right thing, working on the front lines, whether in healthcare and other areas, and who haven't seen their loved ones in person. For months, all of you matter. And so our listeners out there, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're all hoping for a better and safer 2021. On a less somber note, though, there is one thing that the pandemic cannot dampen, for better or worse, and that is holiday-related puns. And so this game is about the magic of the winter holiday season, where each of these questions will see a disease or finding transformed through the magic of the holidays into an item with a wintry or holiday twist. The hint will give you indications to both the usual finding in disease and what the holiday version of that might be. So I'll give you an example question. This is an autosomal recessive genetic disorder leading to defects in the hexosaminidase enzyme, which results in the buildup of gangliosides within cells, which leads to toxicity. In an ideal world, a wave of a holiday magic wand would transform this disorder into one where patients would be inundated with large bags full of gifts for them to play with, such as blocks, stuffed animals, games, and puzzles. And so, The answer to this very convoluted pun would be toy sex disease because Tay-Sachs disease is a rare inherited disorder. <laughs> oh, everybody's just groaning. Do you want to just quit now? Should we just cut it off and quit the podcast right I'm, I'm, right this minute? Like, is this English? Shit? It's yeah, so I like, complex. Like, I love it. I love it. So I love it. I love so it. You are fun. such a genius. And I just and like... just for oh, the record, the example question is okay, usually the hardest. Now let's focus hardest. on Nicole's face. That you we should just quit. We're done. We're done. I'm glad it's Do not crazy. edit this out. Do not edit this out. <laughs> it's all staying. It's all staying. Oh, isn't oh, it like great that I engender this kind of response in my You're friends and colleagues? Genius. I, I just feel not worthy, to be honest.
3: So it. just like, nope.
4: We are not worthy. Uh,
0: the <laughs> and- you are a genius. Hey, You're a exactly total to genius.
1: genius. All right. So I was going to explain Tay-Sachs disease is a rare inherited disorder that um, generally presents in infancy, those are juvenile and adult forms. And it is due to a defect in the hexagene on chromosome 15, which encodes a subunit of hexosaminidase. And the mutation disrupts the enzymatic activity, which results in the buildup of the molecule GM2 ganglioside within cells. And of course, with the holiday spin, it would be toy, Sachs disease. Like I said, the example question is always the hardest and you can talk it out. If you know either the disease or the holiday entity, talk it out. We can ask for help from friends. And if all else fails, just run away screaming and don't come back. All right. Clear I'll as
4: let's
1: mud. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. First question. Previously, Patients' status post-splenectomy would have these round, dark inclusions in red blood cells. Through the magic of the holidays, these inclusions are now shaped like the pointy evergreen leaves and bright red berries of a flowering shrub. And when you find them while looking at a peripheral smear, you immediately feel more jovial and merry.
4: Well, if I'm thinking post-lumectomy, that are we thinking about holly jolly mm-hmm. body? So, uh, and it's a sh- you said a shrub with berries on yes. it. Yes, or-
1: pointy evergreen leaves and bright red berries. The holly. Yes, the holly jolly mm. body, Doctor Riddle. You got want to go
3: for it? People can't see that I'm like sitting here singing and dancing. Have a holly jolly
4: Christmas. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Doctor Riddle. You literally have blown my mind. <laughs>
3: That's right. I'll never you knew the path. It was the horticulture or whatever. I, yeah. uh,
1: but yes, you knew the actual path thing, which is much more important. So, all right, okay. moving right along, moving right along. Probably not as quickly as everyone would like, but <laughs> rather than being a congenital disorder characterized by multifocal dilatation of large intrahepatic bile ducts and potentially renal cysts, this disease is now characterized by recur- repeated bouts of opening your door to find groups of singers going around singing a series of traditional holiday songs and demanding hot cocoa in exchange
4: oh my god is this carol disease yeah is christmas carol
1: caroling disease exactly yay oh, you got it. Oh, you got Lord. it. Caroli disease is a congenital disorder characterized by multifocal segmental dilatation of large intrahepatic bile ducts, usually associated with cystic renal disease. And Caroli or Caroli initially described two variants. And Caroli disease is the less common form and is characterized by bile ductular ectasia without other apparent hepatic abnormalities, versus Caroli syndrome, which is more common and sees the bile duct dilatation associated with congenital hepatic fibrosis. And Caroling is, of course, That's when amazing. you go around and sing Christmas songs. So yes, you got it. You're getting it. Starting <laughs> to see how my mind works, which is probably it's amazing.
4: <laughs> no, it's amazing. Maybe for a fellow punster, it's just. Oh. So, this all in right Thank now.
1: you for playing. <laughs> all right, you're killing it. So
4: literally,
1: <laughs> literally. <laughs> so throughout the rest of the year, this disease is a rare chronic inflammatory disease of the thyroid gland characterized by a dense woody fibrosis. During the holidays, though, it turns into an overwhelming compulsion to spin a four sided top to gain game pieces such as chocolate gelt or raisins or coins.
4: Oh my God. So I know it. So let's start with the disease. Is it Riedel's thyroiditis? Yes, disease? exactly.
1: Exactly. And then
4: the toy, is it the dreidel? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> dreidel disease.
1: You so got it. Foods. You got it. All right. And a bonus question. What would the histology be in Rydell thyroiditis?
4: I mean, it's predominantly just a fibrotic type of disease extending beyond the borders of the thyroid. You might have some inflammatory cells there. It's thought to be an IgG4 type of process.
1: Yes, yes. Everything is right. Even through the IGG-4 related sclerosing disease. The classical presentation is women between 30 and 50. It's non-tender. It's this very firm induration of the thyroid gland. It's like a stone-like or wood-like physical exam because again, that inflammation is really extending beyond the capsule. This is it's now believed to be part of the spectrum of IGG-4 related sclerosing disease. Very impressive. Impressive. So many points. You're racking up the points. I know. If I'm only I could them cash up. them
4: in now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll cash them in for a path <laughs> <on> clear roller <laughs> at the end. And Perfect. eternal glory <laughs> in this podcast. So, all right. These cells are characteristic of Hodgkin lymphoma and are usually characterized by large size with a bilobed nucleus with prominent eosinophilic nucleoli resembling an owl's eye. During the holidays, these cells adorn themselves with round, decorative garlands made of assorted twigs, leaves, and flowers to try to disguise their neoplastic nature.
4: I think the cells we we been talking about is the Reed Sternberg type mm-hmm. of cells, but in terms of the, the second part- I'll
1: repeat it. During the holidays, these cells adorn themselves with round, decorative garlands made of assorted twigs, leaves, and flowers to try to disguise their neoplastic nature.
4: Ooh, see, this is what I get for not growing up in the US. Oh, Um, no,
1: it's hard being an immigrant. (laughs) I'm an immigrant too. (laughs) i have been here for like at least a decade
4: or not. I know, know. I know. know.
0: I've been here for a
1: long time, but you know, my family didn't have these traditions. I had to figure it out by watching like the Charlie Brown Christmas special, which is why my Christmas tree is (laughs) scraggly to this day. Is it like a holiday
4: week or something?
1: Yes! Yes, so, and put it together.
4: So is a Sternberg cell? It's
1: a Reith Sternberg cell. Yay. <laughs> you are, you're killing it. You're killing it. Oh Score Lord. one for the immigrant team. <laughs>
4: yeah, hooray.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, you will be very relieved that this is the last question. The last question. I know tears, tears <sighs> of joy. So, this, and this is a cytology one just for you. So yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: getting more and more poetic.
1: This one is a little bit poetic. It's true. So this brown artifact is seen in cervical cytology samples and is due to air trapped on the surface of superficial cells. Usually it reminds us of a kind of bland breakfast cereal created by John and William Kellogg in 1894. But during the holidays, it takes on the appearance of beautiful six-pointed crystalline structures fluttering down from the sky to make our exfoliative sign out like walking in a winter wonderland.
4: That is very cute. So the suppose the psychology part, the artifact from air being trapped is cornflaking. And so it looks like cornflakes. And then I'm assuming it's snowflakes, so is it like cornflakes?
1: Yeah, you got them both. Oh, Snowflaking <laughs> snow artifact. Yes, yes, yes. Yay. Congratulations. And a fun fact about cornflakes this is not at all pathology related, but I've been watching a lot of random history food documentaries. So, John, have you guys heard this? So, John Kellogg was in charge of this Battle Creek Sanitarium in Michigan. You were in Michigan for a while, Kartik, right? I was. And yep. he created this food with his brother William so that he could have a very bland, healthy food. Food for patients, and Will Kellogg wanted to add sugar to make the cereal more palatable. But apparently, John Kellogg did not approve of this, and this led to a rift and a legal battle between the two brothers. Who knew that breakfast cereal? Wow. There was so much drama. There's actually a whole wow. documentary on Amazon about the Kelloggs. And I think that if you have a couple hours to spare, it would probably be worth your time. I have not invested that time myself, but it is there if you want to yes, learn amazing. more. Not
4: so sweet ending to this.
1: <laughs> That's so sweet and actually the ending is very sweet because i oh. mean have you ever had frosted flakes ooh heck yeah Kellogg's has They're made great. some very sugar. They are great. <laughs> well, congratulations. Karthik, you have gotten enough right, even despite my best efforts, to win your very own coveted path pod clear roller. And I think that cytology is in very, very good hands because if you can handle those bad puns, you can handle anything that the field is going to throw at you. So congratulations. so
4: much today from very you all. Very impressive. Very <laughs> Wow. so how do you feel i don't know i feel like i won an academy award like i feel oh. like meryl streep right now but <laughs> speech, i will hold speech, it all speech, in speech 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 no, we won't cut you off the best. well we no, will <laughs> probably have a lot of puns and we don't want to subject your listeners to all of them right now
1: so <laughs> no, they're not ready for it right now <laughs> they they're not, not ready, ready for it, for it. <laughs> so what are you gonna do next
4: I am going to take this patch on ruler, and I'm going to make my co-fellows jealous. And uh-huh. I'm going to be like, you should have been there. Missed yes, yes. There.
5: jealousy been there. is the theme of Christmas. I'm <laughs> jealousy
1: <laughs> is the theme um, of Christmas. Bring it out. But, bring it out. But if um, you no, have co-fellows I, who want to be on the game, we are true. always happy to have people to contribute. That's-
4: well, actually, you've already had one of them on. Lisa Sang was on, yes, I believe, yes. several months ago. And hopefully in the near future, my last co-fellow, Vlad Makarenko, will be hopefully there at some point.
5: Yeah, All send right. them away. Yes. You're always Absolutely. new people. I and I have that. a story I wanted to add. I had heard, I don't know if this for a fact, but Miracle on 34th Street. Is that the right one? Where he has, like, at the end, every time you hear it, a bell ring, an angel gets his wings. I think you're yeah.
0: thinking of It's That's
5: a amazing. Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful, yeah. life. wonderful life. Okay, <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. So they used in that movie to simulate snow cornflakes.
3: Oh. oh. So all comes
5: back. There's your holiday spirit.
4: Wow. Yeah. You know, speaking of snowflakes, it's- and I did not know this until recently, but some of the older movies used asbestos. Oh. To create snow. like So the Wizard of Oz, for example, is a classic example where they used asbestos
1: as snow. And I'm
4: like thinking, I'm like misophilioma, ooh.
1: Oh my, much better to use cornflakes, huh? Yeah, that's kind of a dark, all those little fibers. (laughs) Thank you so much for playing, you were fabulous. And that brings us to our next guest, Dr. Nicole Riddle, who is a pathologist at Ruffalo Hooper and Associates and Associate Professor and Associate Residency Program Director at USF. You can follow her on Twitter at N-R-I-D-D-L-E-M-D. Dr. Riddle, tell us about yourself.
3: I am a pathologist in Florida. I actually do general practice. Even though I'm in academics, those places still exist. I actually did my fellowship, though, in bone and soft tissue with an additional focus in derm and GI. And then where I'm at now, I do all the in-house derm and half of the neuropath in addition to general sign-up. And that's me. I do that and stuff.
1: You do a lot of stuff, though. You're involved in leadership and the CAP and AMA. You've been really active about that. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: I have been involved, actively involved, like going to meetings and having positions with the AMA for 18 years now. I was recently on the YPS Governing Council, though I just aged off because I am not a young physician anymore, but I still have a delegate seat through USCAP, And so uh, if anyone ever wants to come and hang out at the AMA meetings with me, they're loads of fun. <laughs> so nobody can see the sarcasm <laughs> on my face. Like We who go love it, but we do call it hashtag
1: I can say that, uh, you know, back in the day, I I did serve as a delegate to the AMA and got to work with Dr. Riddle. And it was, in fact, a lot of fun and, in fact, also nerd camp. So Mm -hmm. both those elements are true.
3: But yeah, I try to just do stuff to help people out. So then I end up on podcasts.
1: There you go. (laughs) And we're so glad you're here.
3: Glad to be here. I was just going to
5: ask, you and Sarah seem to be very good friends. And I wanted to know when you guys met and what that was like when you first met each other.
3: So Sarah, Dr. Zhang and I, we go back at least a decade considering how long I've been in practice since I'm not a young physician anymore. It might have been my third year of residency and maybe her second where we were on the CAP's Residence Forum Executive Committee together and we've been doing stuff ever since and you know I bring her to my event. I get to go to hers and it's a way to spread the love and get to hang out with somebody cool.
1: We go way back since We were residents, and I think that's one of the beauties of pathology and being involved in organizations, whether it's CAP, USCAP, AMA, ASC, being involved in the meetings, coming to meetings. It's not just about learning and teaching and presenting information, which, of course, is a huge reason for being there, but it's a chance to spend time with friends from around the country when we can actually go to physical meetings. And being able to develop those friendships and collaborations. So, Dr. Riddle and I have worked on books together. We've done courses together. We've collaborated in other academic ways, in addition to just being really good friends. And I think that's part of the magic of the pathology community and staying involved and staying engaged. So, it's It's true.
3: And if you got to go to a meeting and and work hard, you might as well play hard as well. And so, why not go and get a yummy meal with somebody who actually likes? hanging out with and you could be yourself with and let your guard down a little. Not that there aren't other cool people there, but it's always nice to have your person there.
1: Yeah. And fun fact, the last time I ate at a restaurant was eating with Dr. Riddle at a Michelin starred restaurant in uh, LA around the time of the USCAP meeting. Yep, exactly. it was a long time ago but it was it was quite the meal to to end my meal restaurant eating for the year for I didn't know at that time it was the last time I'd ever eaten a restaurant but you know looking back it was a pretty good choice
3: it was my first time at a Michelin star restaurant like that doing a tasting it was
1: a great time I miss eating out at restaurants just gonna say that for the record all right well Karthik and Dung, are you ready to bluff our guest with stories about your um, life? So in this game, each of our other two guests are going to tell two truths and one lie about their own lives or about pathology. And Dr. Riddle is going to have to use her puzzle and riddle solving skills to figure out which one is the lie. Everyone ready?
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right.
4: Sure. I'm more than happy to talk about my exciting life.
3: Stare at your face <laughs> while you do it so I can try to read the behavioral clues.
4: So the first fact that I'll say is I was a competitive chess player. Actually, not, not I was, I still am a competitive chess player. The second fact is I've been to the top of the Sydney Harbor Bridge. And then the third fact is I had a dog growing up during my childhood really not exciting i,
3: I feel think. i feel like i should know what the sydney harper brit sydney, whatever is oh. and i don't exactly know but i'm gonna go with the dog because you seem cool and the other two things seem <laughs> cool and the dog seems so plain
4: not so i cool. think that's
3: no. not, <laughs> not, not cool plain that being said you realize <laughs> i said that playing chess was cool like being a chess and like that but no i'm gonna say that the dog is the lie
4: yeah, that's actually absolutely right. Actually, my brother had a dog for a short time, but I did not grow up with a dog. And chess is, in fact, very cool. I mean, the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, is, I was you know, just going to say. It's interesting. Like a lot of people come to me now and they're like, oh, I want to learn chess. And I'm like, well, I'm not a good chess player anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the Queen's
1: Gambit? I've
4: seen, like, I think, three episodes so far and highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, well, so I don't play chess despite my parents' efforts uh, at trying to get me engaged in doing something productive when I was a kid, but I just watched the whole series and I thought it was excellent, but I was thinking, you know, maybe if you have a chess player's perspective on it. So did you have a different perspective on Queen's Gambit because of your experience? Actually, so I, I think they did a really good
4: job. I was actually, even though it's fictional by nature, it's just the openings and that they talk about the Sicilian, but some of those openings, they're actually very accurate and it was actually really well done on the chess board too so it's a great show and yeah it sort of brings back a lot of my childhood memories actually
1: for me so it's actually nice yeah.
5: there did you play mm. chess as a child
1: not really my parents got me a chess set and tried to teach me and i was like this is boring i'm just gonna go play <laughs> mario brothers full disclosure i was bad at that too so <laughs> they also so- had me play piano i was also useless at that like all the stereotypical asian kid things didn't win any awards or trophies <laughs> I Was very bad at them are there other chess players
3: I don't like thinking that hard. That's too much analysis. That's not actually, true. I'm actually <laughs> super over analytic. I'm just like, if I'm gonna play, I want my play to be less analytical, I think all day long, but I was in chess club, freshman and sophomore year of high school, mostly so I could go and hang out with my friends. Peer awesome.
4: pressure. I Good reason. Yeah, no, Dr. Riddle, that was awesome. you were on point. Yeah, I didn't have a dog. And just out of curiosity, has anyone ever used your last name as a pun in any way, shape, or form, like riddle me this, or I don't know, just has not done that.
3: Every day, not every day, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, but that's okay, my favorite is actually the people that don't say it right, or don't, like they try to make it fancy, like it's not riddle, like Rydell, or (laughs) no, it's just riddle, (laughs) a joke, like it's spelled, I'm like, I solve puzzles for a living every day, it's perfect, I married into that, I was like, that's the guy I'm gonna marry, so I can use that,
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's a good reason to choose a spouse. It's a good reason to choose a spouse. Based on last name. Based on last name. It's like I'm gonna be a pathologist. Gotta marry you. I love it. All right. So Dr. Riddle's doing great so far, but now we have another contestant ready to bluff you. Tongue, are you ready?
2: I'm gonna try to keep my face like plain so Dr. Riddle wouldn't <laughs> read it. There we go. I would have
1: been psyched okay. if I wasn't tapped.
2: Okay. Which of the following statement is not a fact? One, I used to work as a tour guide when I was in uni, and on my very first tour, two of my clients got lost while kayaking, and they couldn't make me back to the boat. Two, when I was 12 years old, I got a black belt in Taiwan, Do, and one time that I was practicing with my mom, I accidentally broke her finger. And the third one, so in the country of Vietnam, you don't have to go to medical school to become a forensic examiner. So they're two, two truths and a lie.
3: So I just have to say that I love how, like, intricate Thong made those. Like, those were good. Like, those had, like, long things. And I'm trying to think. I wouldn't think you would make up that you broke your mom's finger. That just, I don't think that's true. I think that's the sort of thing that, because, I don't know, my daughter mm-hmm. does Taekwondo. She could totally make that up. She's got a good imagination. Ooh, and you then, need to
2: keep an eye so, around
3: <laughs> intonation in the first one about the kayaking i don't know if he was trying to throw me off but isn't it don't they say your voice gets higher when you're lying Mm. not a thing they Mm. say but at the same time it was a really long intricate story and to be honest Mm. i have absolutely no clue about forensic pathology in vietnam unfortunately i feel like i should but i don't but i'm gonna go with the first one is that kayaking trip thing the lie
2: that's a very good guest, but is they the breaking my mom finger. Really? Uh where's oh. the one that is not there. What oh. oh, oh.
3: good one! Oh, yeah, oh I'm so, so relieved sad. for your mom.
1: <laughs> yeah. So not so much for those tourists.
2: Yeah, not yeah, so my much mom, for those my mom. tourists. <laughs> Did yeah. you find them eventually? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they
1: were just gone forever.
2: So I, I were doing karate, actually, instead of Taiwan, And one day, I were practicing on my own with a stick. And I broke some of the dishes of my mom. Oh. And she makes sure that that will not happen again. Oh but the oh story God. See, of, that's the uh, way
3: you play. You change something that's largely true mm. but not quite.
2: The Taiwan-do black girl who broke her mom' finger was my wife. So <gasps> she did break the finger. Mm. Oh no.
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's also a good way to play. <laughs> Take somebody's true story so at least it sounds... Mm. I'm going to have to remember that for next time i ask my husband mm. some interesting things from his youth. <laughs> so
1: tell us the story about the kayakers. What happened?
2: Oh, so I got this part-time job. I do it on Saturday and Sunday. And we usually go to the Halong Bay uh, two days. And the guests uh, sleep on the boat uh, on their bay at night. And there were this uh, group of people, two of them. So it was my very first tour. And I got like panic <laughs> a little bit. And so maybe my instruction wasn't clear. So two of them... Uh, out of the group, they didn't like follow the line with the kayak. And the Halong Bay is a little, it's like mountain, rocky mountain around it and the water. So you can get actually lost, hidden somewhere behind mountain that we can't see you. So when, when everyone is back to the boat, I start counting and there were 12. Where is the other two girls that, that went with the kayak? They were like in the middle of the, the line, but then. They went back, and I got so panicked, but eventually we got them. We were like sailing the boat okay, around a little them. bit.
3: That's good. Woo. Yeah, or We were going to say, it was yeah. three years ago, we don't know where they went. <laughs> to
2: this day, speaking <laughs> of forensics. They might be somewhere still on the bay. <laughs>
1: That's got to be a difficult job, though. You know, we always talk about herding cats, but herding tourists has got to be even more challenging because even if you give the best directions, some people are not going to follow them. Human behavior is very irrational and unpredictable, so. Humans are the worst. They're the worst. They're the best and the worst.
2: <laughs> I got so panicked, so I couldn't think much of a solution. So we were just like sailing around.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then you found them. So that was yeah. a good
2: solution.
3: And now it's an excellent story for any time you're interviewed on a podcast,
4: <laughs> <laughs> or for residency, or matter. for residency.
3: Oh yeah!
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah. Yes. 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 And the lesson there. And they asked there... you about
3: how you dealt with a stressful situation.
1: <laughs> That's a great example. So forensics examiners in Vietnam are not usually medical doctors, or how does the system
2: work? so to get a license to practice a forensic examiner you can get a bachelor and then you have this three months of training and then you get a job somewhere as a trainee and then you work for if you gain like three-year experience then you can use that to apply for the license so anyone regardless of the background can get one but it's interesting that people who don't get training in medical schools can still practice uh, forensic forensic here is something a little bit like the, the, the culture uh, really value their physical integrity of the decrease mm-hmm. so very very little cases that i seen that done autopsy from year three to to last year of my medical school so like four years i only see two cases of autopsy getting done in the hospital for some reason
1: yeah yeah that's the same case yeah. in china the autopsy rates are really really low because the culture right. is is very not not supportive Open of to that, that. Right. yeah yeah so that was great. Wow. So congratulations, Dr. Riddle. You have performed well enough on your Bluff the Pathologist challenge to get your very own clear path pod ruler. Yes, yes. Yes. And now my favorite slash least favorite part of the game, where it's time for Dr. Riddle to turn the tables on Christina and myself and play Stump. Well, we, I, you know, we need to come up with a better name than Stump the Chump, but I think Stump the Chump <laughs> pretty much like accurately conveys the the spirit of it.
3: Or do you want something media-based or something medicine-based or should I do a smattering?
1: It yeah, is whatever you decide, Dr. Riddle. And I'm getting more and more fearful by the minute, honestly.
3: Kartik Dong, what do you guys think I should do? Should I be nice? Well,
1: no, don't be of... nice. You, you only live <laughs> once. Just, just,
3: just... Excellent.
1: YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs>
3: Okay, I'm going to do one. Christina, don't you like Disney? No? Uh, (laughs) I've been there. Excellent. Well, then this will be great because it's about Disney. Um, Or I could do one about Harry Potter instead. I'll do this one. So do you guys know who it is who dies in the tri-wizarding tournament
1: in the fourth Harry Potter? Can this be multiple choice? (laughs) <laughs> i have read the first harry potter book you've probably hit upon one of the few human beings with children in this world who has not read or had any familiarity with harry well, potter of
3: us actually... Your kids oh. are... okay you guys you know i thought the media thing might be too hard because neither of you are pop culture people. but <laughs> let's go the to the head, media let's I'm go media...
1: to pop culture let's, let's go to let's, culture. let's 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 we'll edit all that out we'll edit all that out.
3: I don't know I think you should show them you guys just, just falling
1: just For falling on our record. faces
3: For the record, it's a Cedric Diggory. Or and the reason <laughs> it's why who? I picked it it's, his name is Cedric I picked it is because it's Robert Pattinson who also plays Edward in the Twilight movies and is the new Batman I'll do a medical question I'll be what is bromidosis mm. and if you want I can give you a multiple choice I came up with one bromidosis
1: is it poisoning by bromide you are right I about bromide,
3: said- but that is not what it is. Bromodosis.
1: Bromodosis. Well, Karthik, if you were going to think of a pun, for a punny explanation for the disease that bromodosis would be, hopefully this is not some actually terribly bad debilitating disorder. Oh.
3: Karthik,
4: do you have an idea? No, I actually... No. no, no. I just, is it? Oh, I think I was bro, and that's
1: it. Yeah, I was, I was going to well, go with bro. Is is an it? overwhelming <laughs> amount of bros in one room.
3: See, you guys ruined my joke. That Ooh. was number E. Oh no! <laughs> you keep picking on the bros. It's all good. So A would be food poisoning, B a caffeine high, C stinky feet, D a fasting regimen, or I was gonna say E a group of bros. Christina, do you know the feet one?
5: But I don't know. It's just a random guess. Mm. No idea.
3: Christina, brilliant! This is apparently the medical term for stinky feet. Hmm. Oh. How does that? How does that? Can you go behind the reasoning behind where that came from? It just, I don't know where it came from. It just starts talking about the bacteria that are in it and then the bacteria grow in your sweat and that, you know, the mm-hmm. way to deal with it is to not wear the same shoes two days in a row so that they can dry out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. I did not look up okay. the Latin origin. Interesting. Oh. I bet there's a story there. Uh, okay, so we have
5: probably, one point. It's
4: probably related to bros, I'm sure. It related, it's
1: point. because of bro. because bros. Because <laughs> have stinky feet. Rose has stinky feet.
4: (laughs) Probably should edit that
1: out too. (laughs) We're going to have to edit out so much. It's okay.
3: Okay. So I will do one, not at all medicine related. So what is an aglet? A-G-L-E-T, an aglet.
1: A-G-L-E-T?
3: A-G-L-E-T. It is something that we somehow interact with, many of us anyways, on a daily basis. Aglet.
1: Hmm. Oh, I was going to say it's a baby animal of some kind, but I don't think it's right because I don't interact with a lot of baby it's animals. someone who likes the Aggies, but they have a baby. They have an aglet. Aglet, like a, like a tiny baby armadillo, you know? Oh, wouldn't that be cute? I know. And you might interact with it because you grow leprosy in their foot pads, right?
3: That's right. But <laughs> does anyone know? This is a word that I had known, but I had forgotten until I got my word-a-day email.
1: Aglet, oh Aglet. man,
3: and I know I'm Give saying me- it right because I looked up how to say it. <laughs>
1: That that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> it doesn't like, the fact that you're pronouncing it correctly actually does not help me because I still don't know what that word is. It sounds like it would be a little something. Is it a tiny aggregate of cells?
3: Oh, that's a good idea, but no, because that's not that's not medicine. So the aglet, you know, on your shoelaces, when there's either the little metal or plastic nub at the end that makes oh. it.
1: And you see, I never wear shoes with shoelaces. Well, that's why I said I'm... most of
3: us. I know people oh. that do the slip-on things when it, but you you have mm. sons and.
1: I'm sure they have... So oh, my kids too. don't know how to tie their shoes. You're way overestimating my parenting skills over here. You know what a shoelace is. I know what a shoelace is. <laughs> I do, but I don't interact with it if I can at all help it.
3: I feel like Michael knew what the aglet was.
1: He just has that wise look about him.
3: I'm going to now ask a question that I feel that you guys, one of y'all will know. So what is, and I do know none of y'all are path, because it is. So what is another name for KI1, the marker key one? Oh. Key one is actually CD 30.
1: Hmm. CD
3: 30 hmm. is key one and it's called key one. And there's actually a whole slew of keys. Do you guys know why they're called key whatever? Where that? Key is where
5: the they're-
4: city,
3: yeah. yeah, do you know what city? So it's Kiel, Germany. And this I actually knew somebody taught me that in residency, K-I-E-L, <laughs> Kiel. I also looked up how to oh. say that to make sure I was saying it right. But yeah, so that's why key 67, that's why you say key technically and not K-I. It's key 67, mm. key whatever, because it's keel Germany. And there's actually a keel system for heme path in Germany. Oh. Yeah. So that's why it's key 67, not KI 67. Though I have to dictate KI, K-I 67, or my dragon will put the word key like long key yeah. mm. 67. But- mm-hmm.
1: Interesting, well, interesting. Yeah, the next time one of my trainees says KI 67, I'm gonna be like, no, it's key because it's from this whole system that I don't know anything about. And they're <laughs> gonna be like, teach me about this Keel system, Dr. Jang. And I'm gonna be like, I can't because I'm not a hematopathologist. I'm I only have useless information, not useful information.
3: I want to tell you guys something else I learned the other day. The word of the day thing is lots of fun, nerdle. N U R D L E a nerdle. And is that a part of the walking stick? Oh, that's a good thought, but no. And it's
1: not just a conglomeration of nerds.
3: I was about to say it's all <laughs> the people that go to the NBA meetings. Hashtag nerd camp. Hashtag nerdle.
1: No. Half nerdle just, alert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was nice that Nicole, you weren't like like this group right here <laughs> making this <laughs> podcast. It's a nerdle
3: No. So it is a tiny pellet of unrefined plastic used in manufacturing like plastic products. So the tiny Ooh. little pellets is called a nurdle. A nurdle.
1: Nerds. Nerdle. This They're is going cute. to be my next
4: conversation starter
1: on a date. Do you <laughs> oh, know man, nerd Kardec, You are going to be killing it. You've got so much I good know. conversation fodder so for totally normal conversations with totally am, normal people.
4: I am grateful to you all for teaching all these <laughs> things. I could have had fodder
1: oh, all Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel like I just fell on my face in terms of Dr. Riddle's stump the chump questions. Do you have more?
3: I do. This one's a good one for Thong. Maybe not to answer, but in general for him to know. Do you guys know which two states don't observe daylight savings?
0: Mm. I think I know one of them. Mm. Yeah, I know one of them,
4: too. I don't know the other one, though.
0: Uh,
1: It's got to be Hawaii,
4: right?
3: The one is Hawaii. The
4: one is Hawaii. The place you're going to.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh. Arizona. Arizona. oh Arizona.
1: Arizona. Oh. Arizona. I had
3: actually written those down before I knew, of course, that he was moving to Arizona. Those oh. are the two they don't do daylight savings, which someday I hope the whole country gets rid of it. It's I the-
1: know. I was gonna say that would be great.
3: One last thing I'll just tell you guys. The first full length feature animated film that Disney put out. So you know there's many, many movies. I thought it would be Fantasia, but it's hmm. not. It's Snow White and Snow White
4: Orchard. Snow White, yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh, see, Christina knew that one. So you said you didn't like Disney. So I didn't give you the Disney question. Mm, Darn it. Disney question. I was
5: thinking you were taking me to Disney World trivia because that's a whole thing. Like that's the people are very serious about Disney World,
1: Disneyland. Oh, yes. Yes, it is very serious. We were at Disney World last year for the CAP meeting. And I felt like I was not able to even handle the logistics of like Mm -hmm. the fast pass. It was very complex.
5: We went to Disney World, we were in our late 30s, and we went and there was a group, a family in the next aisle on the plane, and they had highlights and maps, and they were going over all the schedule, and we were just showing up. We had a, we just, we had a great time. Well, we had a travel agent who did all the bookings for us, but I mean, that's like, <laughs> well, we just, was, you just showed up. Yeah. yeah, you just printed it out. But yeah, there's a real science to it.
3: You're talking to probably the only kid ever who asked to leave Disney. We went for the first time when I was seven. And after a few hours, I asked if we could leave. Really? And I didn't go back again until grad night in high school. And now you're in Florida. And I was in Florida yeah. then, too. Like, we went as a high school thing overnight. It was Britney Spears and I think uh, Backstreet Boys that were the <gasps> bands that were playing. And of wow. course, kids so was, like not going to like a rite of passage for for high schoolers, seniors in Florida. We (laughs) did a Disney
5: World cruise. I did it because my family really wanted to do it and they had a great time. But I said, never again, unless I'm dead and you have my ashes. That's the only way. (laughs) Over my dead body. I'm never doing that again. Well, it's just, I'm so motion sick. The whole time I was sick. And then when you're feeling motion sick and there's all these lights and creatures and Big, loud noises and animals. It just was Did not. Did you wear the bracelet? I had a bracelet. I had the. Did you yeah, I had, I had the two pressure bracelets. I did whatever the thing that makes your, your pupils dilate. Yeah. I had that. And then I took a drama and I couldn't even open oh. my eyes. I was so tired.
2: Oh goodness. oh, goodness. And then
5: it took me two and a half weeks to get back. We were, oh, it was boy. like a four day thing. But I was for two weeks. I had to have my head when I was signing out against a thing because I felt like the whole room was spinning still. <laughs>
1: So I just didn't like the food on the one cruise I've been on (laughs) that much. It was okay. But I was like, this is not for me. Also not my thing. So I'm with you, Christina, though. I would go back in non-carbon form. (laughs) Those are challenging. I liked your word of the day things. I liked learning new words.
5: Yeah, I love that, Nicole. I like the spread of different things. And that was really interesting. Try, try.
1: Yes. Thank you to all our guests. Y'all have been amazing. Thank you for playing along with our nerdy Thank games. You, guys. you were are all fantastic. amazing. Pathology so nice. is a better place because you are here. So that's it for our game show. Thank you all for being a part of it. Thank you to my amazing co-hosts as always. And happy everyone holidays. stay safe and happy holidays. We'll see you in 2021.
2: Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Stay safe. Thank you. Stay Stay safe. You Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.
5: Good luck, everyone.
0: Support for the Free Path Pod podcast comes from listeners who like it and share it with their friends. So go ahead. Send someone the link. And be sure to subscribe to PathPod wherever you download your podcasts. PathPod is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not medical advice. As always on the podcast, any views expressed are solely those of the person speaking and do not necessarily represent their employers, their affiliated institutions, affiliated professional organizations, other speakers on the program, their friends, their families, their pets, or anyone involved in the production and distribution of this podcast. Thanks for listening to PathPod. (laughs)
4: uh <laughs>